0: Uh, If you do have your Bibles, you can turn to, just to give you a a head start, uh, to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Last week, it took us some time to get there, so I'll give you a heads up. We're going to be in Colossians, chapter 1. But also, we're continuing to uh, memorize our scripture together. You guys got it memorized yet? Almost. How much do you have? Like two words. How much? It's a long. I know it's a long scripture, but I, I, I hopefully you get the gist of it. But we've been talking about Jesus being the same. Yes, today, today, and forever. I'm glad you said it with such joy. <laughs> <laughs> forever. forever, forever, forever. Okay, so we're gonna be in Ephesians chapter four on the back of your bulletin. That we're going to recite this scripture. Ephesians chapter 4. And this is the vision of why we're here on Wednesday nights. And that's why we call it Wednesday Equip. So let's stand together as we read this. And if this is your first night to Wednesday night equip, we welcome you. And it's a little bit different than Sunday. In fact, it's a whole lot different than Sunday. Sunday are for you to partner with God in reaching your family and friends. That's what Sundays are designed for. It has that kind of uh, creativity to it and and mindset and heart to it. It's so that we can invite our family and friends. And the hope is that they come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Wednesday nights are for the believers who want to deepen their walk with Christ. And it's a little bit more challenging. Uh, We ask you to bring your Bible so that you can get to know your Bible. And some of you uh, will use an electronic, maybe a tablet or your phone, and that's fine. But challenge yourself, especially on Wednesday nights, whenever a scripture is given, dig deeper. And now we're trying to memorize this scripture. Don't just put it to mind, put it to heart. And this is the reason why we're here, is so that we can grow in Christ and become His disciples. And this is the scripture behind Wednesday night. So let's read it together, Ephesians 4. We'll read from 11 through 13. And we're going to stick with this for a while so so that we can memorize that chunk of this scripture, okay? Ephesians 4.11, ready? Go. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men... In the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this night. We open our hearts to you. And as we get deeper into your word, give us understanding. We ask for wisdom and for the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may have a seat. Good job. So we've been exploring these different areas about Jesus being the same yesterday and uh, today and forever. And one of the areas that we've been looking at is His position over all creation. And we've learned that Jesus has always existed. Just because He wasn't here in human form did not mean He never existed. Sometimes we think Jesus came into this world when He was born. That's partly true. Well, what was Christ before He was born in the flesh? The Bible says that He was spirit. And that He was in the beginning. That the Word was with God and the Word... Was God. And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus Christ. We learn that He is the revelation of the invisible God, that Jesus came to show us God. And some people believe that Jesus was just a great person, a great teacher, a prophet. But what we understand is that Jesus came to show us what God was like because every image is a likeness, but not every likeness is an image. Jesus is the image of God. He is the exact representation of God. So if you want to get to know God, get to know Jesus. The second thing we learned is that he is a complete representation of the invisible God. He is a complete representation of the invisible God. See, Jesus is not a likeness of God. He is the exact image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God is like, study the life of Jesus Christ. People will say, well, you know, there's many gods. There's uh, gods everywhere. And it's whoever your God is, that's God. The problem with that is then we make ourselves out to be God. Because then I can make up my own God. I can just say, okay, my God is this. And this is what I believe. So my God says, I can do whatever I want. And so I make my own God. But... That is a false God. The God of the universe is the one who sent His one and only Son so that we could have a direct relationship with Him. Now, why did God have to give us His Son? Because we're sinful creatures. We are separated from God because of our sin, our disobedience to Him. So now because of Christ dying and paying the price, we now have a relationship with God because God loved us. So, there's going to be many religions that pop up that say, oh, no, 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 whatever God is your God, and that's your God. But that's not accurate. Jesus is the exact image of the invisible God. And then the third thing, I'm not sure if you're taking notes on this, but if you are, that Jesus is the reason for the creation. That He is the reason for the creation. Now, you might think, wait wait a minute, okay, I'm getting confused. So... When Jesus came to this earth and God showed us His Son, He showed us His Son so that we would know what He's like? Yes. And the reason why we have the Son is because God wanted us to have a relationship with Him? Yes, absolutely. And Jesus is the reason for the creation? Yes. What does that mean? Well, imagine creating all of this... For yourself, the entire world. Imagine doing that. Imagine creating something out of nothing, just with the imagination of your mind. See, Jesus is the reason for creation. Some time ago, I was at my friend's house, and they had their uh, young child uh, playing in their like a little toy box, little sand area, and he he made this uh, like this nice area. There's some trucks, uh, some little, you know, people and things, and made it very nice, all by himself. But then all the kids came over because it was a party. So here comes all these kids, and and if, if you know any four-year-old or three-year-old, when it's their toys and other kids come, oh, that's protection right there. They, they will they will guard that thing. They will bring dogs in and all. They will guard that that play area and so when all the kids came you could see him like oh don't touch my toys and every time a kid would come by he'd kind of block and then as they're trying to go he would, but not making obvious because he can get lickings from his parents right because he's supposed to share but he kept blocking and then whenever the parents walked by he just kind of watched and the parent walked by but he would like stick out his leg and stand in the way of these kids wanting to play with his toys but after a while, you know, you can only block one at a time. And when you have cousins and kids coming over and you have like six of them, you can't do a thing. Well, here comes all these kids. They start playing with it. And he goes nuts. Starts to scream and cry. Oh, it's my toys, my toys. Here comes daddy. What happened? What happened? They're taking all my toys. He said, I told you to share. These are my toys. and my toys. And what happens? He gets dirty lickings, go in the house, cannot play nothing, right? I mean, that's the, usually the thing that happens. You grumble because no one can, you don't want nobody to play with your toys. You get dirty lickings. You can't play with it at all. And you got to watch from the window. All your friends playing with your toys. Now, think of that creation that that child made and the father wanting everyone to enjoy what his son created. I'm glad that Jesus does not not share creation. He is so generous with his creation. Have you seen our mountain yet? With all the snow? I mean, isn't that incredible? And I thought, Lord, there, there's things that you have created that you allow us to enjoy, but it wasn't for us. Wait, so God created everything not for us? So why do we enjoy it? We enjoy it because of His Son. God created everything because of Jesus Christ. Everything is created in Him, for Him, and by Him. Imagine all this creation for yourself. That's what God did. He created it all for Himself, but He shares Everything was created through him and for him. Have you ever asked yourself, why did God make us? Why did he make us? Now, there's many reasons that we come up with or that we say that might be a part of it. We may say, oh, God made us because, well, maybe, maybe because he needed someone to love. If, if you don't have someone else to love, then you can't love. We know that that's not the reason because God loved the Son, and we're no improvement. It's just, you know, how much better can we get than the Son of God? Now, thank God that He does love us, but that's not the reason why God made us. I'm glad He does. Some people say, well, maybe God needed fellowship. Maybe He was alone. Maybe God was, like, sitting by Himself and He was thinking, man, this is boring. I I, I need people to, like, hang around with. So He created us. It can sound kind of okay. The problem with that is God already had the Son, and He had the Spirit. So it's not like He was alone. And we think of God being alone as we are alone. You know, we're alone at night, in the dark. Parents, not home. You're scared. You turn on all the lights. We think of alone like that. But God wasn't alone. He had fellowship. God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So why did God make us? Now this might just, I mean, if you have a degree in college, this this might make sense to you. Now I'm not putting down degrees. All I'm saying is it might be too simple for us. God made us because he wanted to. Yeah, I didn't even have to go to school for that. He made us because He wanted to. Let's separate religion from God. Why can't God do whatever He wants? Why, why can't He? If, because we disagree? Because we say so? Because we say, well, because it's not going right. Things aren't going the way we would want it to. So God, you shouldn't have done that. How can we, as the creation, tell the Creator what He's doing is wrong? Because there's hurt, there's pain, there's uh, wars in the world. So God, you must be doing something wrong. I can't even fathom how I as a human being can begin to equate God's decisions or what God allows and doesn't allow. Oh, is there pain in the world? Absolutely. Can we get frustrated? Absolutely. It's part of our human nature. But I can't even guess why God would do this or that or this or that and equate my life, try to put everything together to say, why did you do this? Because we only see so much. See, God does things because He knows what's best. And we can only see what's happening right now. All of us. Everything that we see. It was because God wanted it to be created. That's the whole reason why we exist. It's to glorify God. That's why God made all of this. It's to glorify Him. I was watching this one thing the other day, and, and they're talking about uh, the universe and the different stars and, and the galaxies and, and how many billions and billions of galaxies now, galaxies, are out there. In one galaxy, there's about 200 billion stars. Now you have billions of galaxies. Billion, that's a big number. One billion. That's one billion. Now you have one billion galaxies with 200 billion stars in them. It's a lot of stars. And God did all of this to glorify Himself. And as I'm watching this, I'm thinking... They're explaining everything pretty good. How, how the stars came about and how the different elements work together and, and how the earth rotates and the, the solar system and how precise it is. How the earth has a magnetic field around it that, that shields us from the solar winds from the sun. And how comets, as they come closer to the earth, the moon is used as a, almost like a shield for us. And the solar system helps to block out incoming meteors to protect the earth. I thought... God did that. Because he wanted to. It's to glorify himself. And the only thing that was missing from these guys, these scientists, was God. I was so intrigued by what they were saying because I know that it was God. And they said this. You know the Big Bang? When the Big Bang happened, it started from a tiny little, little, tiny little dot that exploded and it's, keep, it, it, it's still expanding. And it's not slowing down, it's going quicker. And I thought, so, okay, and, and they said this. So we're trying to figure out what happened right before the big bang. And so I looked in the Bible and the Bible says, God said, bang. <laughs> and then it happened. I saw, I saw a bumper sticker like that. And I thought that's the only thing missing from the genius of man is God. See, man, we come to a place where we want to be God. We want to know everything. We want to have all the knowledge. But that's not the reason why we exist. We exist to glorify God. So my question for all of us tonight is, am I glorifying God? God, with my life? Am I using my life to glorify Him? Or am I okay with the religious part of it? That I do certain things so that I gain God's favor, or I do certain things so that I kind of fit in with Christians, or I do the right things according to the standards of God? Do I, do I glorify God with my life? Now it's not in any way to bring condemnation but it is a way to really think through am i living my life for god am i ashamed of god do i do i try to hide from god or am i really glorifying god Colossians 1:15 and I'll read through verse 18 It says that he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation For by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Now let's just pause right there. In the future, I'm going to talk a little bit about how this Scripture makes sense and and try to dissect it a little bit, but when the Bible says that in Him all things hold together, I, I'm sure you m- might know this: that we're made up of different molecules and things like that. We, we're not really solid material. I mean, if you look with a microscope, we're like separated, but something holds us together. And it's interesting that the Bible says that all things. In Him, all things hold together. Jesus understands how we're made up. Jesus understands how the ground is solid. He understands the molecular structure of something that is created. He knows exactly how it's created. He knows every cell in the body. He knows every microscopic piece of wood and rock and water. He knows how it's put together that's why if you read in the New Testament, remember when Jesus showed up and uh, was with the disciples after the resurrection? He was in bodily form, but he walked through the wall. And he walked right into where the disciples were. And they were like, ah, where did where, where, you come from? Who's, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus. He said, you're not Jesus. He said, yeah, good. Touch my scars. Touch, touch right here. You can feel it. Which says that he had a, he had a body. And, you know, I, I'm, and the Bible says they were afraid. I would be too. You just see someone come through the wall. I've never seen that before. I've seen people fall through walls (laughs) and left a hole. But Jesus walks through the wall. How could he do that? Because he understands the molecular structure of what is created. He understands it. I don't know how he does it. All I know is he did. And then remember with his disciples, he walked on water. He understands the very fabric of water. Why? Because he's God. Why did he walk on water? Because he wanted to. Wouldn't you? If you could walk on water, I mean, not to show off, but to glorify God. I don't know how you would do that, but that's what he did. He understands how everything is created. He holds all things together. He is also, and continuing in Colossians, he is also head of the body, the church. Can we say that together? The church, ready, go. The church. One more time, go. The church. Where's the church? Right here. Where's the church? Not 840 Kupulau Road. (laughs) This, This is not the church. It's the church building. We gather together because of Him. But this is the church. What a beautiful church we have. We have a great church. And Christ is the head of it. And He holds all things together. If your life goes up or down, whatever it is, understand this. Because you're the church, He will hold you together. He understands how you're made up. But He needs to be God in order for Him to hold you together spiritually. we got to make that choice. And then He is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. First place in everything. There's a ton of different views on Jesus Christ and him being the Son of God, him being a prophet, teacher, good person, or never existed. There's a ton of different views on that. But really what it comes down to is that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Now, I don't think Jesus is competitive. That's not what he, there, the Bible is speaking about. But he knows the truth that apart from him, we have no life. And so he does everything with all of his heart for him to be first place in everything. First place in everything. Because He knows that without Him, we have nothing. So He does His very best to make Himself first place in everything. Now, not to scare you or try to take away from what He does that is, is uh, great and good, but I wonder how many times the Lord allows pain to happen in my life because I'm not making Him first place. And He's saying, I, I'm, I want to be first in your life, but you're settling for this. It's up to you if you want me to be first place in your life. But how much pain do you want before I become first place? I read this story the other day, and this one farmer visited his friend. He says, hey, Joe, what's your dog doing howling on the porch there? He says, oh, been there for about an hour. What's he howling for? He's sitting on a nail. Why don't you go and get him? Nah, he'll get up for himself after he feels enough pain. And I thought, that's just like us. How much pain will we need to experience in order for us to get off the nail? In order for us to get to God and say, God, you're my everything. You're my first place. I want to leave us with this question. Is Jesus' first place in my life? Is He first place in my life? And you can fill in the blanks, whatever area you want to fill in, and you can we can work on it one by one. You can start with my heart. Lord, are You first place in my heart? Or does someone else take that spot? Are You first place in my heart? Are You first place in my mind? Are, are, do You control my thoughts? Do You help me? Do I go to You when I have these thoughts that are not of You, so that I can take captive my thoughts into the obedience of Christ can are you first place in my mind are you first place in my spirit are you first place does my spirit long after you does my spirit thirst after you my first place in are you first place in my spirit are you first place in my talents do i serve you with my talents are you first place or do i use it for something else are you first place in my finances or does it go to shopping and everything else? then I give you what's left over. Are you first place in my giving? And by the time my finances are depleted, I come to you and I say, I need help. Are you first place? Is he first place in everything? He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. Look at the person next to you. They're a creation by God. Now, don't look at them like they're a creature of God, they're a a creation of God. (laughs) Oh, man. Are we not the church? My encouragement and prayer tonight is that we would make Jesus first place in everything. That way he can be the same yesterday, today, and forever in our very own lives. Amen. Amen. And close your Bibles and put away your notes. Just to remind you, I'm not sure if they're going to be outside, but um, we have our a Power of One conference coming up, the Women's Conference, and that's happening on March 9th and 10th. And if you've signed up already, oh, you're in for a good treat. If you haven't yet, ask the Lord if you get to go to this and, and what part you get to play in this. And um, don't let that go by. If you take that initiative, invest in your own life, invest in the Spirit of God that and, and what He's doing in your life. And you can go to the information center or call the church office tomorrow and, and just reserve a spot. And uh, I, know, I know that there's a ticket that you need to purchase, but it's going to be a wonderful time. Don't let that slide by. And we get busy quickly. Did you know that more than 70% of the women will sign up that week? Which is like a couple days before it. Don't do that. Because some will forget Just get in there early and and say to God, I I want you to be first place in my life, and I want to learn more about you. I want to fall more in love with you. And that's why we do what we do, so that we can draw closer to God. Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together as the church. Lord, we thank you so much for being the God of grace, the God who loves us unconditionally, the God of all. Lord, I pray tonight that as we learn that everything was created through you and for you and by you so that you can be first place in everything. Lord, I pray for our hearts tonight that as we, we have he- heard your word, that, that we drew closer to you and that we would challenge ourselves to, to put you in the first place of our hearts. Lord, the things that come our way, sometimes they blindside us. Sometimes it's by our own decisions. Sometimes life hits. But if you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means the things that you've done in the past, that you've saved us from, and that you've done as we read the Bible, you can still do that today. Miracles are not only found in the Bible. Miracles are found when your Spirit moves. And so, Lord, that's the cry of our hearts. May your Spirit move in us, creating miracle after miracle. And in the end, our lives glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Let's applaud the Lord tonight. Let's stand as we sing.